all of these things are com- are completely interacting all of the time. I always say, um, when it comes to uh this, I always say like the the way, the way if you want to change the way that you live, change the way that you have sex, right? If you want to change the way that you have sex, change the way that you live because the way that you show up in bed is more than likely the way you're showing up in your life. The way that you show up in your life is more than likely the way that you are showing up in the bedroom, right? So are you willing to take risks? Are you willing to take chances? Are you a creative? Hello and welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. David here. And Steve here. Welcome to Happy Bear Podcast, where we pursue, we explore, and we try to learn more. Today, we have a super exciting guest, and I have to say, it was one that I was most Can I just tee this up with like something really cheesy? Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you and me. me. Sorry about that. We just help ourselves. <laughs> but today's topic is, yes, you guessed it. It's all about sex. It really is. And we are discussing it with the wonderful Jenny Keane. She's amazing. She's an identical twin. She's a sex educator from Ireland. And I really, it, w- it went to so many places that I didn't expect, which is very... And I know, think growing up in sex. Ireland, sex, at least in the, in the Ireland that I grew up in, it was quite repressed. It was quite kind of, you know, and, and we're now, I guess, dawning on taboo. a new age. It was quite taboo. There was a lot of shame. There was guilt. It was, there was a sultriness about it. But we talked about orgasm. We talked about, you know, connection, about eroticism. We talked about, about low libidos. We covered so many different interesting topics. So please, this is great. I really hope you enjoy it. And before we click into the podcast, I want to tell you about if you do have loads of sex and if you're feeling really sweaty, we use wild deodorant. It's really, really good deodorant. We've been using it for a good few months now. It's completely natural. It's vegan. It's subscription. So you get sent a new refill every month direct to your door. And it genuinely works. That's the beautiful thing. I have a strong body odor and my wife often complains about my um, strong body odor. However, when I use wild deodorant, I don't. She comments, geez, you smell really nice. Who are you trying to impress? And it's like you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so we're giving you an exclusive 20% off your first wild deodorant purchase at their website wearewild.com it's got free shipping with 100% satisfaction guaranteed you, all you got to do is use the use the code happy pair all in one word capitals at the checkout wearewild.com to redeem the offer so there you go so without further ado we're going to talk all things sex all things eroticism orgasm and all of these wonderful topics but it's also in a wonderful philosophical package for someone even with the idea of us exploring the topic of sex people might go oh why that's a bit this is in a wonderful holistic approach it's seeing sex also in a philosophical aspect of where it fits into the greater gamut of life this is wonderful this is a fascinating conversation I learned so much I feel more in touch with my eroticism uh, that might sound weird but stay stay tuned to learn what erotic actually means anyway we give you the great Jenny Keane woo woo but may- maybe let's let's jump into it because I'd love to sure. talk about sex and all the various things about hey. that I said it I said the word <laughs> go back Dave um, now one, one thing one thing I'd love to ch- one thing I'd love to jump yeah, into. Yeah, Steve was singing sorry, it there a minute ago. Uh, one thing I'd love to jump into. I remember a friend, John Quilter. I remember this is a friend in London and he started dating a sex therapist. And I remember being fascinated. Oh my God, what's a sex therapist? How the hell do you become a sex therapist? I was genuinely fascinated. And I'm just wondering how you kind of got into this. And I believe it was you started to have menstruation problems was kind of the root or was the, the doorway that led you up this fascinating road. 
Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so one thing that uh, just to, to get clear, right, because there's so many different labels and terms. So I'm, uh, I would consider myself to be a holistic sex educator. educator so um, because sometimes when you hear the word there, I don't do one on work, uh, one on one work with clients um, anymore. So my, my thing is really around education. I um and how, yeah, how I got into this was, I suppose, um, I, I suffered very severely with uh, my with menstrual problems, like right from the very beginning, you know, and I I like from when I first began menstruating as a teen, I had like cysts on my ovaries when I was a teenager. I was going into hospital because they were bursting. Um, I mean, when my um, period came around, it was just I was floored. And I suppose at that did, point. Did your twin did your twin have the same problem? Just out of curiosity, no, just being a twin. No. no. She no, was grand. I got the brunt of it. Yeah, she's grand. Wow, poor Jenny. I got the brunt of everything, you know. I was like, but this was the thing, you know. I think, you know, it's it's the information that we're still kind of given to this day. It's just that, like, you know, whatever, you know, you you have to just deal with the hand you've been dealt. You know, you just have to put up with it, basically. And like, I was never told. I mean. Uh, because there was no education around it like that there there is another option there are other ways right so I suppose um very very early on I went on the pill and and that was just to manage right to be able to live right I had acne you know and I um as a teenager like really bad acne and I was told like here take this and this is the strongest pill so um not like not only are you going to be able to live well but you're also going to have no acne and so as I suppose someone you know you're growing up and you're you're you know coming out into the world and you're like you know wanting people to like fancy you and so this you know you don't want acne on your face so I heard this and I was like right <laughs> sort of give me that pill and I took it for years and um uh, it was only. And were you delighted traveling. taking it? Were you kind of delighted taking it? Were you kind of like, yes, this is great. This is a solution. I won't have acne. My pain uh, will go away. Yes. The very, the very, so the very, if I'm being truthful, the very first pill that I took, um, I actually had severe, um, I was experiencing severe states of depression. I'm a very happy person. And um, I, you know, wouldn't be emotional in the sense of like um, having, you know, unstable emotions, but I was, I was, uh, I never, I didn't feel like myself. And I actually went to a different doctor, a college, do- a doctor in my, uh, uh, I was on this one first and I really felt all over the place. I went to a, a doctor in, in the university and she asked me, she, or the first thing she said was, because I, I was in the, in the room with her and I just burst into tears and I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. And she was just like, what pill are you on? And then I told her and she was like, oh Jesus, come off that immediately. Let's get you on a different one. And actually when I went on my second pill, um, I, then I found that one to be like, okay, this is great. Like I'm, everything is sorted. My acne cleared up and then I felt really good. And I just didn't, um, didn't really think anything about it. It was just like, you take this and it's great, you know? And, uh, and then you can also as well have, have sex and not worry about getting pregnant. So this is fantastic. You know, it's like another, another reason to take it. And it wasn't until I started traveling that my prescription for the pill had I I ended up traveling way longer than I was supposed to and my uh the pill that I had ran out and so I was just like oh right this I was I didn't really think too much of it I was like grand I'll just have to be careful how, how old were you around this stage um so I was in my early I was in I was 20 in my early 20 mid-20s like 24 at this point uh 24 almost 25 I think and uh and it was so interesting because what ended up happening was when I was traveling and I'd been away for a longer period of time, I started to realize certain changes. Like 
the type, and I, I noticed the very dramatically in terms of the type of men that I was attracted to, completely changed. Like I, when this I was, was on the when pill, you came I was attracted. What? Like you came, you came off the pill, and then you were attracted to different men. Is that what happened? Totally different men. Yeah, like totally wow. different. And I mean, and like it was very obvious to me where I was a little bit like, this is really strange. And and I am um, like, whereas beforehand when I was on the pill, I was attracted to very buff men. Like they had to be in the gym, they had to be eating like ten steaks a day. Their legs had to be bigger than my head. Like it was like you know, <laughs> like very buff, you know. And when I came off the pill, I was attracted to like really lean guys. Um, I would say like more like uh, like to you know paint a brush over people but like more like footballer style builds right and also my sense of smell started to change I noticed that really obviously like I couldn't be around anyone that was wearing artificial perfume um and and I, I really was attracted to like um men's smell like it was very interesting and I was like oh my goodness, like what if I end up marrying somebody because I'm on the pill and the pill is making me attracted to them, you know? And so I I was like, right, I can never go on the pill again. And that was like, I decided at that point, I can't do this again, you know? And so for the first year, I was actually okay. My period was grand and I didn't really think about going on the pill. I was like, I don't really need it. But then- And my, the acne didn't come back and the acne yet. didn't come back in your- But then okay. what happened was everything came back about a year year and a half later with a vengeance it was more violent than ever I was suffering more than before and uh, to the point that like if I thought that I couldn't live when I was um a teenager I was floored like I my period came between 39 and 75 days I didn't know until three days beforehand I would literally become a monster right and I would like a monster just to, to people who were close to me I would I would fly off like absolutely I felt like I was possessed basically you know and wow. like god love like my boyfriends at the time <laughs> jesus christ they were like oh here she goes and i would know i would come out of this kind of misty rage you know and be like okay my period's gonna start in three days and then i would be on the floor for about 10 days and it just horrific pain and so i was like all right i can't i can't keep doing this so i went to, i went to the doctor and the very first thing i said was the only thing that i want you to know is i don't want to go back on the pill I don't want hormonal birth control. I want, uh, I want to know what's going on. I want to know what I can do, but I don't want that. And after doing all these tests and everything like this, um, like a while later, her only, the only option I had and the only option I was given was, you have to go back on the pill. And I was wow. literally just like, no, like no. And so, um, at that point, I was already into yoga and I was already into holistic therapies. And I decided I was also given other news as well that I was just like, I, uh, this is this doesn't have to be my life, you know. And um, like I was told, I have PCOS and more than like the endometriosis and uh, I'm going to have issues with infertility, etc. And I was at this point, I was, you know, in my mid 20s. I had imagined having seven children. I was told in the office, like I'm infertile and I'm going to have problems and like it, it won't happen for me so look, start thinking about different things and I remember going out into the car uh, with my mum I was sitting in the car and I was bawling my eyes out crying and and then it was like this is gonna sound crazy right but uh, it was like a lightning bolt hit the top of my head and went down my spine and like I for the first time felt like my womb and it was almost like knocking like on the door like and literally like pay attention to me Right. And I was like, whoa. And at that point, I was like, 
there has to be another way. And I basically then went into, uh, fully went into all the holistic methods that I was already interested in and already doing um, for different reasons. And I was like, I can do something about this. And I have to say, like, that's where I went. That's how I got into it. You know, that's the the that was the initial steps. And then over over that time, then I also realized other things like I started to realize that, you know, um, I had I, I I felt numb when I was having sex that I couldn't feel when somebody was inside of me. And I discovered that by um, having a tampon inside me for two months that I didn't know was there, you know. And I was like, I, I pulled that out. And I remember thinking, like, if I couldn't feel that that was inside me, then how like can I actually feel when somebody else like when when a man when a man is inside me can I actually feel that and so I, I've always been very curious and I'm also as well have always been very interested in education and learning and so I like to hunt that like when I have a question I hunt it down from every angle you know and was and it so, and sorry, sorry for interrupting was it was it like there was a disconnection between like that you couldn't feel that part of your body that you'd almost kind of like it felt separate to your body like or was that what it yeah it was just like it's so funny right because uh you know when you feel numb you don't feel anything but you feel that you feel numb like you feel that you don't feel right so it's a feeling that you have but you're feeling that you don't feel and it's a very strange thing it's like you don't really know until um until you question it and for me it was like you know is there more like is there more to this um uh is there more to this is there more is there more to feel, right? Is there more? And for me, like I, the type of sex that I was having was very much friction-based sex. It was like hard and fast. And um, if someone, for example, was just penetrating me, like inside me, like there was, it was, I could, couldn't feel that. Like I couldn't, if I closed my eyes and tried to like say like, okay, can you feel the left side of your vaginal wall? I couldn't didn't have access to that it's like if I closed my eyes and said like can you feel your cervix I didn't have access to it it was like a map that just went nowhere like a black hole almost you know and um I and and so and I didn't realize that until I went to uh, a psychological body worker to get work done and and we were doing this thing called body or yoni mapping right so or um vaginal mapping where essentially she was massaging this maybe this is like am I going too deep too no, far no, no it's fascinating yeah yeah she was like so for example like you know because because I, re- I really don't think safe. you're alone in that sense of disconnection because it's oh, it's a I'm part of our body alone. yeah it's, it's it's I'm sure many people can relate to it, that sense of just separateness of not necessarily connecting with that part of our body oh, I shouldn't absolutely. say our, but I mean I mean when 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 do we connect with our with our sexual parts of ourselves like I mean for women as well like I mean uh you know one of the things that I would say when I when I teach workshops you know I there's a part of the workshop that I teach and I I get them to to write down and label the parts of their vulva so this is on the outside right the vulva is on the outside of the the body and the amount of women that don't know all of the parts that don't can't name all of the parts if you can't name all of the parts and don't know where everything is this is your portal to pleasure your your the gateways to pleasure that you have access to if you don't know where they are you're basically like you're 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 like you're in a dark room the lights are off and you're trying to put a key in a keyhole that, that you do not know where the door is you know and so for me it was just like you know uh, turning towards education and asking you know 
very difficult questions you know at the time like I was like oh my god am I broken like is there something wrong with me um am I am I going to be able to fix myself right and and asking very difficult questions and instead of um I suppose instead of becoming burdened by the the weight of what if what if I can't change this I I really felt empowered to 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 be um to to alternative methods you know and so I I I went into all forms of education um and the the spiritual and 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 sexual side of that was there and uh, and as well as the scientific you know like I'm very much kind of like I totally believe in magic like I totally believe in the energetics of the world but at the same time I'm very very skeptical and if someone says you know um if someone says something to me, I'm just like, right, but there has to be a link, right, between what you're saying in that woo-woo sense and what's happening in my body. And I want to know, I want to know how to join the dots. And so I kind of went um, on a search like across the board then uh, with with people. So I went to um, body workers. I went uh, to tantric masters. I went um, into all kinds of yoga therapy. Um, I went to scientists. I started doing trauma training. Um, to really and I started doing like anatomy and physiology to understand and I just started sucking up like a sponge all of this information and over time it just started to make sense to me you know and it was a very um slow and very long process and also it's very difficult right to 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 take an active role right in your sexuality when we've never be taught to do that our education puts us in a place of passivity where the information that we're with that we have is just given to us right it's just we you know it's like we ask like we ask questions but or people ask us to ask questions but most of the time if you aren't given proper education you don't know the questions to ask you know in order to get you from a to b and so our our education is our sexual education and also the fact that nobody speaks about it in society is so limited right this subject has been such um so quiet that it's just difficult to know what are the correct questions to ask and totally so most agree. of us end up going to the doctor right and going um uh, to our gp and saying um i have no libido and and they say right here's a pill right or here's something for it or um you know i have a problem with my menstruation okay here's the pill and for the most part like it's just complete trust it's like this person knows what they're doing knows what they're talking about i'm just i'm gonna follow them right it's complete trust and, 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 and we okay, have okay, so, so just oh, oh, can, oh, can i okay okay i got it sorry to totally interrupt and be so rude uh, i'm no, just wondering no. jenny what did you find worked for you like what like because you, you kind of mapped it out that you were very disconnected and i'm sure many people can relate to that like what did you find that helped you connect it like through that journey like how and did you go ha- from and have you and I have assume, you I found that you point kind of connected to where you you know I don't think you'd be a sex educator unless you kind of have it, it, that's an assumption that you've kind of connected with that part of your body and you feel empowered to now speak forth about it yeah absolutely I mean the when you asked like what was it right um it was everything right it was like for me education was the foundation to understanding how to co- to understand my body right learning anatomy like it's the basics right learning anatomy learning physiology learning as well to 
deconstruct um, sexual beliefs, right? And that we that have have been given to us, right? And these, sexual... these are the sexual beliefs that sex is bad and sex is dirty and masturbation will make you go blind if you're a male and if you're a female, you just, you know, it's not something to talk about or to even discuss or... The sense of, the under kind of written kind of sense of shame and guilt associated with sex and that can often is those be... those kind of beliefs, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like I mean we all have sexual scripts, right? That, that, that have just been given to us. Most of us don't know that we even have them running, right? Because, you know, every single day we are ingesting these very specific ideas about our sexuality um, and, and unconsciously without awareness on them, we are internalizing them and we start to take these beliefs on as our own, right? And, and, what we start to do is suddenly we begin running these kind of sexual narratives that are not ours and for the most part often do not help us. Like for example, um, you know, and, and they can be anything like, I mean, you named a few kind of ones that are, are you know, probably more comical, but it's like that, you know, for example, um, masturbation doesn't need to be part of, um, uh, a, a, it doesn't need to be part of your life if you're in a relationship right? That uh, masturbation is something for, you know, sad single people or something like this, right? Um, or that regular sex is a normal part of a romantic relationship. And maybe, you know, you've read online that like, you know, in a healthy partnership, having sex once a week is important and healthy, right? And you start to internalize that. And depending on where you fall, on that scale, right? Maybe you have sex more than once a week. You give yourself a pat on the back and go, we're doing real sex and well now, you know, or maybe you have sex once a month and you're like, oh God, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with our relationship? Does so this what guy is the not magic like number me, per right? week? What is the magic number per week? No, no, there I'm is just... no, but there is <laughs> yeah, no magic no, I, number, I you know? The, the thing is, is that we are, and this is what I try to teach, you know, is that like, it's understanding that your pleasure is unique to you, right? What turns you on? What turns you off? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? That our, our pleasure isn't, there isn't a recipe, right? And there isn't a recipe. There isn't a one size fits all. You know, like at any given moment in time in our lives, like there are certain moments where, you know, and this is where we have to take a holistic view of, of sex, right? And having a holistic view on sex is really important. There are certain moments where having sex once a week, right? If Maybe if you just had a baby and it was a traumatic birth experience and um, that, you know, the idea of having sex once a week is like oh my god like my body doesn't even want that right now right so there are situations like we always have to take into account what is happening in our life you know on all levels and this is what having a holistic view of sex looks like it's looking at everything on looking at everything on the physical the mental the emotional the spiritual without having, right because without having without having expectations of what the norm is or what you think you should be doing it's more about taking into factor of how your life is if you feel stressed if you're going through you know you know, I, yes. I imagine stress is a huge impact on people's libido. Absolutely, right. The 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 effect that um stress has on your on your sexual wellness. I mean, we we all know this when it comes to stress, like that. You know, we have these um we when it comes to stress, like looking at how stress affects um all parts of our life, how you know 
how stress is intricately intrinsically linked to how we live and 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 you know um and how we feel right whether we want sex or whether we don't want sex right and we are also in a world where we're where we're trained to very consistently override our actual needs right where sexually this looks like moving away from intimacy that fulfills and nourishes and supports our well-being and instead moving towards sex um, as a performance right or as an obligation or and, and these things perpetuate disconnection right it perpetuates how we, worry how do we how do we because like I, I imagine people listening like I can even you know everything you're saying there about people moving away from intimacy and connection and moving more towards thinking they should perform or that they feel obliged to have sex like in those situations like how do we how do we move away from that or how do we like I guess awareness is the first one to know that okay I feel obligated to it or I certainly feel you know like because I think performance porn has a huge impact on it has had an impact on many people's ideas of what sex is and what sex should and, be. and often it's forgotten that sex is the most intimate act or one of the most intimate acts that you can actually share with something it's ultimately it's about connection it's convening it's a sense of oneness mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there wasn't really a question I mean, there but that yeah. was <laughs> no it's beautiful it that's exactly what it is right and I mean I there's a couple of things like this is why I say education is paramount because you know uh, people ask me right you know like what what are the tips you know like what would you what what do people need to know like what are the tips when it comes to having better sex and I always say that you know um change happens through inspiration or desperation I mean I don't always say this I mean this is said in world in the world right and so most of the time when it comes to like what the tips and tricks are right those tips are so simple that you already know them right the tips are slow down learn to remove the goal and the expectation of orgasm right learn to pay high quality attention to yourself to your partner or to a body part right um and and but these things right and so it's they're very simple learn to breathe right learn to connect with your breath learn to come from your mind into your body because that's where pleasure lives right but all of these tips are absolutely useless if you do not have the correct mindset first and the correct mindset looks like and then this this is again I always call I call it pleasure mindset right looking at your baseline beliefs and that those are looking at your sexual scripts those are looking at like uh, what I call the the productivity mindset versus the pleasure mindset that we live in a pleasure negative culture right that is really driven by the expectation to constantly be producing something and you only have to look at your life to understand how much of your day is driven by production right you wake up and you're like right I'm going to I have to do this this and this and this in terms of getting my family to school or something right I have to do this this and this this and work in order for my business to grow right so we're living in a culture that values goals right that puts an emphasis on pursuing and attaining those goals and really progressing towards those at all costs at all costs even and especially you know to the detriment of our health okay and 
and to the detriment as well to those things that actually bring us pleasure and so for for many of us pleasure really comes as a reward right only after we have achieved something right so we have a really good day at work you go home and you're like great I'm going to put my feet up and watch that movie right because if I haven't done a good day at work I'm going to bring my work home me I'm going to sit at the laptop and I'm going to keep going right so pleasure and we know this as well with like diet culture right it's like we're gonna we're gonna like exercise 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 not because it's healthy for our body but because we're trying to lose weight and if I've exercised for five if I've exercised five days this week right then I'm gonna have have a cheat meal on Saturday if I have the cheat meal on Saturday and I've only exercised four times or three times I'm now gonna beat myself up for having had that cheat meal right so pleasure comes as as a reward to working hard we're conditioned to believe that we have to do something to earn pleasure and it's almost like a stoic idea, ideology it's almost like a stoic that sense of like our association of pleasure is almost like you have to earn it it's quite stoic it's like it. you need Absolutely. pain before the pleasure comes as opposed to I think what you're suggesting the pleasure mindset is that we're entitled to pleasure it's part of the, the human form it's we have necessity. this body that can exp- it's a necessity, right? It's 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 central, right, to our lives. It helps us to, I mean, on a, on a physiological level, it helps us to regulate our nervous system. It helps us to complete stress cycles. It helps us to reduce pain. It helps. It's good for our immune system. Um, I mean, it's good for our health, right? It's good for our mental well-being, our emotional well-being. Pleasure is good for our relationships, right? And it's really necessary to our intimate lives. And so. It's learning how to start to recognize how this productivity mindset comes into play because it comes into play in our sex lives as well. The, 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 the need, right? The need to produce an orgasm, right? The need to, um, especially as well, you know, like I get a lot of women who are going through fertility treatment and, and suddenly it's about, you know, producing a child, right? And so sex then becomes, instead of a pleasurable activity, it becomes more work, right? Oh, more yeah, work. Even for, you know, if someone's like pressuring, I get a lot of women who, who say to me like, you know, I, I can't orgasm. I don't know why I can't orgasm. My partner is trying to do everything they can. And suddenly the sex life becomes you know someone saying have you orgasmed yet have you orgasmed yet have you and, and maybe it's coming from this beautiful place right this desire to to um you know and give somebody pleasure but then this expectation this pressure becomes work right and what do women do in that circumstance they fake an orgasm and they say yeah you know and and then what they end up doing is that 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 part of their life with their partner that part of them that part of themselves that they're supposed to be sharing sharing you know themselves intimately with somebody is is built on a foundation of lies you know <laughs> yeah so so in that in that position where like if someone is like really desires and is very curious about an orgasm and hasn't experienced one and i'm saying it more from the female point of view because i think for male it's a lot easier to orgasm i'm wondering like how would someone who's listening that hasn't really had an orgasm how would they start on this journey to experience it and what would you suggest and, and it's that balance between wanting to seek and attain a, a, a production or reach a destination but at the same time feeling the journey almost even, it's like even just to reiterate what you said from what you've originally said it sounds like it's moving from your mind into your body it's slowing right mm-hmm. down it's connecting to the sensations within your body and being breath, patient breath. and moving away from the progress mindset to the pleasure mindset yeah. That's kind of what you've said so far, but I don't know if there's other things that 
Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, there's so many things, right? So, I, I mean, if someone's listening to this and saying, like, I've never had an orgasm, like, where do I begin? My And, and I'm, I'll keep saying this to you, you know, like, I, I, I began working one-on-one with women um, in this space. And over time, I started to really understand that, you know, before, before, before you even before you before you even work with somebody education is the foundation that everything else rests on you know um because understanding you know when you say like i've never had an orgasm what is an orgasm what is it how does it work it seems like it's a release of kind of pent-up pleasure and it's like a, a a deep sense of connection and a releasing of stress i don't know sorry that I, yeah, I realized like, that wasn't what, a question. So exactly. <laughs> no, no, but this is, this is it. it's like, what, what is an orgasm, right? What, what is happening physiologically in your body when you have an orgasm, right? Where, where does it originate from? Does it originate from one place in particular? Where does it move, right? And so when understanding these, the answers to those questions at the beginning, because then you're like, oh, right, okay. I have an understanding of, of what it's supposed to, um, of of what it might be, right? And the thing is as well, and and you mentioned porn earlier, right? It's it's really interesting. Like we we are bombarded, right, with images of of what sex should look like, what sex sounds like, what or like what orgasm, right? What sex, what orgasm sounds like, feels like, right? And um, how people look when they're experiencing an orgasm. And when it comes to this information, right? When people are trying to understand what is sex, how does it work? What is an orgasm? How does it work? And you and you close your eyes, most of the time, what you see is an image of like some pornographic image of like an over-exaggerated image of someone going like, ah, like a big sex face, right? Um, and like someone having this explosive kind of like, oh my God, like Meg Ryan or whatever and Harry Met Sally, like, oh, oh, like this kind of idea, right? We're given these images. And so oftentimes we have, I, I call this like an orgasmic expectation, right? So, um, and, and this is also as well given to us in science, right? We're told that there are four parts to um, and the arousal system, right? This is by Masters and Johnson, who um, were incredible sex researchers. And they say there's four stages to arousal um, and to orgasm. And this is why people are like, what's an orgasm and what's a climax? What do these things mean? And essentially what it looks like is what they defined it as is there's the, um, and I, I'll, I won't go into the technical terms or anything, but it's like there's the initiation phase where arousal begins to build, blood flow begins to happen. Then there's the plateau, which is like this this phase increasing like you're kind of climbing up a mountain then there's the climax and then which is the explosion let's say and then there's the resolution what people don't talk about is that when you are doing any kind of research you're looking for the medium like you're looking for the average so you have like 20 women come in and and um, pleasure themselves towards orgasm and these researchers are looking for the averages they're looking for like what is the case in 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 these people and so maybe 15 of them had this exact same type of orgasm but um but we don't take account for the other five right that maybe had a different type of orgasm and maybe it felt different right so we start to then only get fed one very particular image which is then pushed out pushed out pushed out and so it means that people who experience pleasure in different ways 
don't understand that what they've had is an orgasm because it's not what they're expecting, right? Porn, for example, is not real life. It is designed for quick pleasure. It's all about exaggerated images, right? It's all about the right angles, the drama, right? And it is literally cinematic on purpose because its purpose is to bring you to arousal and climax quickly. Also, the images as well, like it's clickbait, right? So it wants you to click on them. So they're generally very dramatized right but in the real world right orgasms happen at the natural speed of life and when we talk about sex being about connection right all of us know this like how beautiful it is to be in nature right to be in in nature in its raw in its raw state okay and this is this is what orgasm is as well. Orgasm is energy that moves through your body. And if you want to know what an orgasm looks like, go spend time in nature and, and without your phone and, and watch how long it takes for um, a flower to blossom, right? Watch the waves. Watch when they're like tumultuous and crashing to the shore and it's almost terrifying. Watch when they're soft and they're just lapping, right? And they're coming up and it's like soft, gentle caresses on the beach. Like um, watch when lightning strikes and it's like, you know, like it's, it's there and gone in a flash. It's very watch, poetic. Yeah, but like, but watch this, right? That is that is energy, all the ways that energy move. And, and this is what's beautiful about Tantra Yoga is that tantra, tantra Yoga recognizes that the outside world is the inside world, right? And for those of us that practice yoga, we, we already know this, like that the, you know, the elements that are outside are said to exist in our body through the chakras, right? Earth, water, fire, air, ether, right? And so in Tantra Yoga, it, you're taught how to become conscious and aware of how to look, right? How to watch um, water and earth. And what happens when there's too much water? The earth drowns. Watch what happens when there isn't enough water. There's a drought, right? Watch what happens to fire and water, right? And so you're watching elements move. And this is happening in our body as well. All of this as energy. And so when you learn um, how to... Uh, I mean, this is moving already into the more the energetics of sex, right? But learning, first of all, how orgasm works at a physiological level in your body, what's happening in your body. You learn how you can start to create certain environments for orgasm, right? Energy to thrive and to move. When you learn the energetics, right? The, and which doesn't have to be woo-woo stuff, right? I think like a lot of women that I have in... Um, uh, sometimes uh, come to me um, and say like oh I'm not into yoga like I don't like meditation but you know realistically like what we're talking about I think when it's explained at a fundamental level is connection and when you think about wanting to connect to your sexuality and connect to your pleasure that is it's the same thing right it is understanding these things these states like love understanding states like peace Power. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you there. When you, yeah, you yeah. kind of suggest, like, and you're covering so many topics, it's amazing know, to see. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing, a question I had there, you, you touched on an environment, creating the right environment for all these elements to come together as you kind of described it. And I'm wondering, like, you know, like, I'm, I imagine there's people listening that are curious. I'd say everyone who's listening is going, okay, I'd love to have better sex. I'm, I'd love to have more pleasure. I'd love it to be more connected. And maybe everyone listening is having incredible sex. I'm not assuming anything. And good on you if you but are. I'm, fair I'm play. I'm just wondering for, for, 
if there was someone, if there happened to be someone that was more curious about a having, friend of mine, a friend of mine, <laughs> a friend of mine was a little bit curious. No, sorry. Um, like I imagine the environment that you want to create if you wanted to have better orgasms or better sex is if I was to imagine it, it's going to have no stress. You're going to have lots of time. It's going to be a place where you feel safe and comfortable and you don't feel you're going to be interrupted. You don't have a phone or anything on and you've got all the time like in nature for something to happen or not happen. And as you said, it's getting into this pleasure mindset. Because it seems like it's observing like you probably don't want to be thinking of old sex scripts because that's more educate. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like patience is a huge thing that is often not spoken about. And I think that's the big thing that I got when you were talking about nature and observing nature. It's that sense of patience, that sense of just everything will come to fruit when it's ready and stop trying to force it. Yeah. Yes. See, so you already know, right? This is what I say. You already know. It's like um, when you when you want, I suppose, like the 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 tips, right? Like, where do you start? It, you know, a lot of the times, like when you see this work, like uh, it's it's this one size fits all. It's like make a date night, right? Schedule a date night, and and that doesn't work for for everybody, right? Like the but the tips are learning how to slow down right slow sex I always I like I, I say this all the time like with the women that I work with is like slow sex begins with the the choice right to make intimacy right a conscious decision rather than just an accidental counter like uh, to instead of just you know getting into bed and you're standing you're you're beside somebody and being like oh fumbling in the dark it's like to, to turn the lights on right turn the lights on slow down making making space like you talk about an environment right creating an environment that that has no goal right it's non-goal orientated time that allows space for experience right to be in a state of being right rather than a state of doing which is productivity mindset okay and doing 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 i'm going to touch my partner so that i can give him him her pleasure and um, so that they think that I'm good in bed, right? I'm doing there. I'm not actually with the person. I'm not listening to that person's body and saying like, does this person actually want to be intimate right now? Does does this does this body want to be penetrated or to um uh, to connect in this way? Or would it actually just like a massage? Would it actually just like to be held and be said like, how are you? Right. That's that is also intimacy, right? That's also connection. And, that, and that, that's almost a, like, a, it's almost like the, the philosophical aspect of life, you know, the way to kind of let go of this sense of wanting to achieve, wanting to connect. It's almost like, it's like a, and I, I guess that kind of would naturally bring into Tantra because, you know, often sex is seen like, oh, a great release, great. You know, at least men tend to talk about it that type of way. Whereas I think the way you're talking about it, it's much more a spiritual act. It's that sense of, being fully present, not just seeking the destination, enjoying the journey. Which, and is, which is completely counter to current culture's perspective sex on sex, because <clears throat> sex, like when I think about it in a general sense, it's a gymnastics. It's a, as you said, a productive mindset of like, you know, it's a jackhammer. It's whatever that, whatever kind of metaphor you want to use. Like, whereas what you're suggesting is, sounds lovely. Sounds really nice. Yeah, it's it's creating space, you know, to to play and to discover and to explore and to connect, right? And it means like it means understanding, you know, 
what is it that you need in this moment, right? That will allow you to move towards your sexuality, right? So what does your unique arousal recipe look like? What turns you on? Do you need relaxation or do you need a little bit of activity, right? Like we all have this, like there's some days, you know, where we don't want to move that we need an actual little kick up the arse because we spent maybe three or four or five days sitting in front of the computer working really hard. And the idea of going to the gym, even though we know it's going to be good for us, the idea of getting onto our mat and doing a yoga practice, even though we know it's going to be good for us like we we need a little kick up the arse right in order to like get things going our body is the same way when it comes to sex sometimes our body is like you know what I just need to relax you know maybe arousal comes maybe it doesn't um or you know what my body it feels like it's in a state of rigidity I actually need a little bit of activity right now I need to like you know go for a run I need to like you know have a wrestle you know like and this is going to help move my energy so it means recreating space right for quality attention and I said this earlier you know um uh, understanding what it is exactly that you need what it is exactly that your partner needs if you're engaging with somebody else and and really learning right to bring that quality of attention and that awareness to your body right to the subtle ways that energy moves through you right tuning into your senses right your sense of touch your sense of scent your sense of like light sound taste right all of these become heightened and this is really as I said like when it comes to like learning to turn towards your sexuality this is like really learning um the learning what it means to be erotic right and to experience your eroticism um yeah, because does, that is a sensual experience right yeah when you say when you use the word erotic it almost makes me like the, the sexual script in my head goes oh that's naughty that's kind of kinky oh what does erotic what mean that? like uh, where, where does the term erotic like obviously understand where the does whole, sex end and erotic where does start? sex end and eroticism start on a spectrum like what is the difference or are they kind of just synonyms like words expressing the same thing excuse my ignorance but I don't no, no. know. And I'm sure many people listening don't know either. Yeah, I, I love this. Like, so, and this is where I say, right, you know, education, like taking time to contemplate these things, right? Because a lot of the times, that's exactly what, you know, when you're saying like, oh, I think of, of eroticism and I think it's kinky, you know, and like, oh, kinky isn't me, right? But when we think about what is erotic, it comes from the word eros, right? Which is a, a Greek word which is actually the personification of love in all of its aspects. And what I, I always think it's very beautiful if you, you know, understand these, um, and this is where I say like education is beautiful in all aspects, like the stories, you know, that uh, and Irish people as well, like we love stories, like we're an oral tradition, like we've grown up telling stories to each other. You know, go, you've been traveling across the world, go and meet an Irish person, they're telling you a story, you know, when they talk to you about anything. And so, you know, thinking of when we talk about arrows and the story of arrows, it was said, to be born of chaos like can you even imagine that like what is chaos it's like this like you know unruly like almost terrifying force right that we have no control over born of chaos and was said to be the personification of of personifying creative power and harmony right personifying this and so the erotic is an expression of 
the life force of all sensual beings. Absolutely all of us is a sensual sexual being. And I always say this from the time that we're born to the time that we die. Like we are, the way we engage with the world and the people around us is through our senses. The way the people and the way the world engage with us is through our senses. We are taking them in um, through our ears, through our eyes, right? We are, we are, um, uh, penetrating them for example like with our words right um with our touch right so it's this constant exchange um and it's this expression of life force right of all sensual beings it's this creative energy that is empowered right that is allowed to express itself fully without shame and without inhibition and really when we think of living erotically it's to dare to live turned on from the senses right it's to know that your pursuit of deep pleasure is not a selfish act right and it is not something to be shamed to be ashamed of but rather a catalyst a complete catalyst to you thriving in your life right to live erotically is to learn to live in tune with your body with so, so, your so, senses so what, I'm, so what I'm understanding here from what you're saying is so eroticism is not exclusive to sexuality and what you do in the bedroom it sounds like it's a choice in terms of living connected and living like as you say senses in touch with your senses but it's almost like a mindset that you are kind of pleasure you're open to pleasure and all it's you know in, in its multitude of forms yeah like and it could be the wind just going over your face or it could be the rain on your skin or something it's not necessarily having sex with someone but eroticism is experiencing life to the fullest Absolutely. Right. Because, you know, I always say this, like our sexuality is inextricably linked to who we are and how we show up in the world. Right. And um, and and when you and we know this, right, like because, you know, when we're when we're turned on, when we're feeling good, when we're feeling alive, we want to connect with people. Right. We we want it's not I'm not even sexually, just in general, right? Like we're when we're feeling good, like about life, like we're generally more open to be like meeting new people, right? Alternatively, when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling um burdened, when we're feeling uh, uh um ashamed or fearful, right? There is an inability to connect with other people. There's a, a an in like there's a desire to be like, no, I'm just like I I actually can't deal with the world at all right now, right? So we close ourselves off. So when and all of these things are com- are completely interacting all of the time. I always say, um, when it comes to uh this, I always say like the the way, the way if you want to change the way that you live, change the way that you have sex, right? If you want to change the way that you have sex, change the way that you live, because the way that you show up in bed is more than likely the way you're showing up in your life. The way that you show up in your life is more than likely the way that you are showing up in the bedroom, right? So are you willing to take risks? Are you willing to take chances? Are you a creative? Um, you know, do Jeez, you I love this. This is quite philosophical, Very Jenny. This is, this, this is beautiful. I thought we were going to have the weeds of the nuts and bolts. This is way bigger. This is, you know, it's very interesting. Because yeah. it's often like sex is seen as this arbitrary act. Like I'm going to play tennis. I must work on my forehand. Yes, yes. And it's I quite technical. Whereas you're more talking about sex and its greater philosophical approach in the sense of it's how we're approaching life is and how we do, how we peel a potato is how we make love. And it's, you know, it's that <laughs> sense of the micro and the macro and the interconnectedness of life yeah. and energy yeah. maybe almost like an energetic <laughs> type thing so it's very Absolutely. we're gone super macro yeah. 
Love Absolutely right, because it is ultimately about what we're at. What we're, I mean, we started this conversation, right? It's about connection, right? It's about connection, connection to yourself. I mean, understanding, understanding yourself, can, um, um, understanding yourself sexually is about learning how to have a very, very honest conversation with yourself, right? It's like the one that I told you right at the very beginning that I have with myself. You know, being a, you know, looking at this and and and, and being willing to ask very terrifying questions. You know, am I broken? Am I am I able to fix this? Am I is there is it possible to feel more, or am I just stuck with this? Right. The bit the and bit so, that really stood out to me when you were at the start telling, talking about that, you said, "How am I going to fix myself?" And within that phrase, there was a huge sense of you know self empowerment and responsibility, which is often that so few of us can take with our health that sense of how can I take an empowered approach and I think I really admire that's what you took that sense of educate yourself learn let's see as many people as I can so that I can possibly find a solution to the challenges in front of me and I, and I think there's I think there's kind of two like and I'm kind of go off on a separate little tangent here but like as a male there's different kind of social scripts fed to you in terms of sex and that's as a female it, what's yeah, that sorry carry on. as a female there's totally different social scripts like sexual scripts fed to you and I often mm-hmm. think in terms of the patriarch you know men are encouraged to be you know as a young male growing up an adolescent you know you're revered you get respect from your peers your male peers anyway if you're you know if you're with many males or females or whatever you're with or whichever your choice is whereas as a female it can you you know, you've got to be quite careful with this. It tends to be quite repressed and there tends to be a lot of judgment and shame around it. And I think in terms of, as you're saying, like if we want to live to our full potential as humans, sex is so much part of how we show up in life. And I think in terms of the patriarch, I'm going super macro here. Patriarch, I think a key piece of the puzzle for the fe- for females is sex. I think there's more oppression in, certainly living in Ireland, I found that, with my female friends, there's been more repression forced on them, whereas as a male, it's been more encouraged. You know, I, maybe I'm talking complete crap. What do you think there? So, this is funny, right? So uh, that is the general um, tone, actually. That's even within, um, even within sex positive spaces. Actually, there is this uh, general um, tone with regards to this, and I actually have an entirely different view and you know in the beginning I worked with women and men and I I just saw something so different like I I I used I would hear all the time like oh it's so much harder for women to orgasm than it is for men you know and uh, you know women are so underinformed about their bodies and their pleasure compared to men you know um, men are encouraged women are repressed like these these things are again also sexual scripts right that are are in the undertone of society and I really believe like when it comes to taking a holistic view on sex that we also need we also need to understand when we're pitting men and women against each other right because when it comes to men um there's a couple of things to consider right like when is if I was to ask you like when is the last time that you have had a male g-spot orgasm do you even know what that is? Do you know what that feels like, right? Have you ever had a multiple body orgasm? Have you ever had an orgasm without an ejaculation, right? When's the last time that you engaged in solo sex in a solo sexual exploration for the pleasure of it? Not to ejaculate at the end, like not to relieve yourself of stress, but just to become curious about your body and being like, I wonder what it's like to touch myself with my other hand, right? And and get curious of like, does that feel different, right? I wonder what it's like to feel pleasure in a relaxed state of mind, or have I ever felt, uh, have I ever felt pleasure 
in a relaxed state of mind and, and being willing to ask these questions. You know, when was the last time that you focused on sexual intimacy and connection over performance and do you notice right so I always say like that women aren't worse off than men right our sexuality isn't more complicated our sex isn't more complicated than men it's just very very different both men and women right are only tapping into a very tiny part of their sexuality a very tiny part of our pleasure potential right and and changing this starts with understanding our body very, very few of us have had the privilege of learning about our body from a pleasure-focused rather than risk-focused and um, discovery-orientated rather than, you know, accidents-orientated, uh, sexually explorative environment and education, right? So I always say it's, it's, it's just different. It's just different. And actually, both all of us all of us, doesn't matter what gender you are or how you identify with that gender or how you express that gender, all of us in this current moment in time, and I absolutely hope that this will change. I am um, like, this is why I do the work that I do, that in the future, our children will be teaching us, right? That this is what, this is what happens, you know, but that I absolutely hope there's a change. But right now in our society, all of us, all of us need to be re-educated. All of us need to, to seek out comprehensive, and I really mean holistic, um, pleasure. Because if you are pitting men and women, and I, I even see this in like the some talking about patriarch and matriarch, if you're pitting men and women against each other, where is that an environment that we can all grow together in? Because I absolutely know that like, Yes, there are, you know, even in my own personal experience, right, I have been, you know, uh, at the hands of men or boys, let's say, like here men who didn't know any better, right? But I have also been at the hands of men who have taught me how to blossom beautifully and safely into the fullest expression of who I am sexually and emotionally and mentally, right? And so we all do this for each other. And I think this is what, um, you know, this is what I think, I mean, this is what my ethos is, this is what I always promote, this is what we should be doing in our education system as well, so giving space for, you know, for everything to exist, you know, and all of us to be on the same playing field, you know, um, Wow, great answer. Jeez, yeah, I love so that. I didn't see that one coming. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> well, well, one, one, one final question comes in with me, Jenny. For anyone yeah. listening, like I, I, I was kind of reading up there earlier that one of the most common challenges in a sexual relationship is differences in libido or someone having a low libido. For anyone listening who's struggling with that, are there any, you know, tips? And I know you said you don't really normally like giving tips, but are there any, any things that people could, anything, any places for someone to start with? And I, I know you said the word education and I know that's something that you do. So maybe you could talk, tell yeah, us a bit I about actually, that. I, I, this is a huge topic at the moment with uh, COVID, right? Um, uh, so um, I, I gave a, a workshop on this and it was like the, I think it's called Principles of Sexual Wellness. And in this, I spoke, there's, it's, so this is why I find it very difficult to give tips because it's like there's so much to kind of bring into one space, you know. But when it comes to libido, it's understanding, um, uh, first of all, understanding that there are more options, right, than uh, taking a pill or going to the doctor and being like, I have an issue with this, right? Um, and they say like, here, take Viagra or whatever, do and um, you know something like this. There are more options, and it's again looking at how does a like what is the difference between desire 
and arousal, right? What like what is desire? What is arousal? How do you activate arousal in your body, right? And um, and for for all of us, that is different. Again, it's different things. But you know, again, these things are things that we know how to do. When it looks at libido, we're talking about you know your system as a whole, right? If you're and I'll just say like if you're if you're eating like shit, okay, your body is not going to become easily aroused, right? If if um if you are not moving your body, right, your body is moving into a state of rigidity, which doesn't allow for energy to flow, right? In terms of like a physiological level, um stress and sex have an absolutely detrimental effect to um to under to 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 your desire for sex and 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 also your your ability to become aroused right and and this is you know looking at everything in terms of you need, i mean it's looking at your whole system um so when it comes to partners who have different libidos if you start to follow the fundamentals which we've been talking about the whole way through this right learning to remove the goal right learning to um create space to play and to discover that maybe for example uh your partner doesn't want to have penetrative sex, okay? And I think this is another big thing that like most of us think of sex as the act of penetration itself. I think this is why like when it comes to women, I'm very much like, if you've never been with a woman sexually or essentially, like even if it's not sexual, you know, try it, right? Because you start to understand, um, you start to understand that there's more to sex than penetration, right? And that penetration is beautiful and it feels great, but that there's so much more to that. And you start to learn to discover your sensuality. So it looks like maybe, um, uh, again, um, giving each other a massage, right? So sitting down with each other and like learning how to touch. We, we all respond in very different ways. For some of us, uh, it's like, you know, some of us like like a light wispy touch that's like going up the body and it's really tickly and that helps to arouse our body. For somebody else, that touch can make somebody um, move into states of um, experiencing anxiousness, right? Some people like firm holding touches and this helps them to become aroused. So it's really learning um to connect with each other in different ways and again to take it it's again I said it's very difficult because this it's a very difficult question to ask uh, answer in such a short space of time and, and it sounds super personal that's that's it's uh, that's super personal case but it's looking at like that it, it's looking at your sex life as something that it's not a, like like what if right and it's just thinking of this even in what if a great sex life wasn't about um something that you had to achieve but rather something to discover right so um learning how like and, and this is where you know you talked about earlier where it's like oh this is the philosophical side of things and you know instead of talking about here's how you do this and here's how you do that when it comes to I suppose exploring um uh, sex skills right um in terms of it's like looking at those things as like sex is a skill right and this is often again another sexual script that we've been given that we just often think that sex is something that we should just know how to do right but being a quality sexual partner for yourself or for other people requires skills right and skills are something that we learn skills like communication negotiation and um, kissing you know sex techniques uh how to touch all of these things and it's really endless right and so 
just like anything, some of us are born with natural capabilities to be good at, you know, mathematics, for example, and to be or to be good at art, right? Or to um, not be good at mathematics or not be good at art. We have these natural capabilities and with sex, it's the exact same thing. And so learning how to take an active role in your sex life, learning that sex is about more than just the act of penetration um, and how that you learn, you start to learn that there are different pleasure pathways in the body than the ones that you just know right now, right? And you start to learn how you might discover them. I always say this is what's great about solo pleasure is that because you generally can allow yourself to be in a relaxed state where there is no... um. There is no other person involved. You don't have to worry about how somebody else is feeling or not feeling, that you can just take your own time to discover what are the pleasure pathways in my body? How do I touch them? How do I work with them? Where likes to be touched? Where doesn't like to be touched? And so you start to learn how to um, uh, kind of create this um, I would say, I always say like a, a pleasure toolbox. And really, this is what we talk about when it comes to sex. It's about learning how to connect with your sexuality, your wants, your needs, your um, your desires. And when you choose to have sex with somebody else, you are choosing to share the pleasure of that connection with somebody else. And on the other side, that person has gifts to, to share with you that person has things that they're good at to share with you and it's about being in a space where that creativity and that sharing is allowed to exist without the the kind of thing of I always call this like it's like sexual perfection stops us from being sexually creative because we think that we're supposed to be perfect we you know porn shows us that it's like this perfect pristine image everyone's hair is perfect makeup is totally done you know I mean like I've met a women where it's like you have sex and you go to the toilet and you realize that your makeup is all down your face and you look like you're just like a melted wax figure and you're like Jesus Christ I don't look sexy at all we've been told that this isn't sexy you know that kind of way so it's like these things like really learning how to take perfection off the table opens you and gives you the ability to create spaces where imagination and play can be put at the center again where they belong and if you're having issues with your libido your body is saying pay attention to me there's something going on here it doesn't mean you're broken anything that's going on in your life right it doesn't mean that you're broken it's literally your body is signal signaling to you there's something going on and this is how I'm trying to get your attention like a fire alarm going off and it is that. a call for attention you know your body is calling you to like it was like my body right I went to all these things my body was saying pay attention to me right and I was like and I was I was ignoring it the alarm was going off and I was just like well I'll go to these doc I'll just do this I'll take this pill you know and it doesn't go away it, it just almost stays. except it almost seems counterintuitive because like I would think if someone has low libido there's no alarm that the alarm is that there's no feel you know that there's less sensation or less awareness there or but the, I the, but I think what you're saying is, is that kind of what you're saying the alarm is like what you had that sense of numbness that sense of disconnection that sense of it's time for a change it's time to pursue a different pathway and education I think is the big thing that really rings through to me and discovery and imagination discovery yeah. imagination play yes and it's like to to under you know I always say like it's you know like our body is 
our body is talking to us all of the time and it has its own language. Most of the time, we don't know um, how to talk back. to We don't even know that it's talking to us and we don't know how to talk back. And having practices like meditation and like yoga, I always say um, that our, our first thing is like to, that our, you know, when you're first um, in a yoga practice, it's not about the postures. It's like learning to listen to your body's cues, learning to hear like, am I tired? Understanding that your emotion, your, the emotions that you're feeling in your body, uh, your body signaling to you, like this is information right now. This is what's going on inside of yourself. And so can you respond to this? If you have a low libido, there's something happening in your life at a physical level, at an emotional level, at a mental level, at a spiritual level that is causing calling for your attention and oftentimes the idea of like kind of like going into that and and being like oh my god this is this big you know mountain that I'm going to climb can seem very daunting and this is why like getting and support is so important right and looking for places I think one of the biggest things that I find with the women and the people that come to me is and, and even just they don't even have to come to the workshops there's so much information on my Instagram it's like there's you know read that you know um but it's recognizing and I always have these talks on Instagram story where I get people to talk in and I always say them I say stories and I always say like read through all of this because you will realize that whatever you're going through you are not alone in it you are not broken and there is something that you can do and this is about learning how to take an active role in your uh, in your sexuality taking an active role in your life and you know understanding that you're not alone and that actually gives you power you know makes going up the mountain a lot more enjoyable right um and and again instead of trying to reach the top of the mountain it's about learning how to enjoy the journey along the way right I guess yeah. that's a metaphor for life. That's the and ultimate that's metaphor for life. What an amazing, like, what a fascinating conversation. Thank really. you, Jenny. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. I, I really. really didn't expect it to be so, like, so all-encompassing, really. I, like, as, uh, you know, I'd more expected we were going to be talking about skills, uh, sex skills. But this, this is, yeah, really, wow. <laughs> Jenny, brilliant. for anyone listening, how can they learn more? Because I know you do lots of workshops. How can they educate themselves more? Because anyone who's made it this far will definitely be very curious about your workshops or your online programs. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much as well for the space to talk about it. I I'm, I mean, I'm very passionate about this and I, I I really believe that everyone should be, I'm like, everyone should be learning this. You know, it's so important to your life. But um, I suppose the easiest way to connect is on Instagram uh, with me and it's hello, Jenny Keen. And um, I put up all my workshops there as well. And I have I have a number of different workshops. I suppose the probably the most prolific one is Orgasm Online. This is what I started in. Um, I started this in 2016 in real life. And then uh, with COVID and everything happening in lockdown, um, everything just, it, this just exploded. And I've had over 10,000 women through that um, workshop. It's a two and a half hour workshop. And I basically just break down. Uh, like, it's like, I've, I would say probably the most comprehensive workshop when it comes to talking about orgasms that you will and sex education in general that you know you would um you are ever going to go to. <laughs> I'm like find me a better one because <laughs> I want to take that <laughs> um, workshop myself. But this is uh, I suppose the first place to start. And then I do I I always say like that what I'm doing is a conversation with people, you know, um and so whatever other workshops are happening in and around that is always coming out of the conversations that I'm having with people online and the community that we've created in on Instagram. And um, 
And so I have multiple different workshops, like ones about libido, which is sexual wellness. I have ones uh, that are, I also as well do sex skills. You're talking about like, uh, you know, I thought you were going to learn skills. I do do sex skill uh, workshops as well, which are absolutely, I've only just started them in August. The first one I did was women on top, which is like learning how to have pleasure um, on top, which is like really basic, like learning like these, this, these are, these are some of the positions. This is how to move when you are in those positions because a lot of the time with women it's about like there's it's it's very difficult to maintain the stamina of a friction-based sex right which is all about like you know pounding and it's hard and fast right and quick and keeping up stamina for that it's very difficult and so this is about learning how to move from friction-based pleasure to sensual-based pleasure and uh and really like just very key things i have and these, these can be anonymous can't they just for anyone listening that's oh, kind of feeling yeah, like do i have to be anonymous, sitting there with no yeah. clothes or whatever you know just just i'm sure some listeners are kind of going am i meant to be sitting there with no clothes on or what's oh, they can be like, anonymous can't they and you yeah know, like that's that. one of the biggest questions it's like uh, i always I'm say guessing. it's like in, in anything that i say it's like i'm like i keep my pants on the whole time like don't worry my pants don't come off and i think this is i think what's so beautiful about this space like what happened with them um, the online work is that it allowed and um, it allows people to come in they don't have to have their cameras on I don't need them on they can be anonymous uh, their name doesn't have to be there at all and it's also not a space where you're t- where I'm talking and you're talking back to me and um, it's a it's very much a seminar style space where I'm delivering the information and and uh, you're watching and then the space for uh, there's a Q&A at the end of everything which is always optional and this is generally where people begin to talk back you know and um and to ask questions and it's really I mean it's just something the I have to tell you like that the I never I always talk like that this work I was always like this work would never work online and I have to say like this one of the gifts I think for of COVID and lockdown for me was to show me actually that this not just works but it's actually so much better because it's this I mean there's hundreds of people in the workshop Safe as well space. just to even sit in a workshop where there's 500 other women um trying to figure out about orgasms as well it's just like even to feel that as a as a comfort of I am I am alone <laughs> there are mm. hundreds of other women here I think is just uh um Jeez, yeah incredible brilliant. so that's where brilliant yeah, brilliant that's you're 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 wonderful your work is wonderful really and I thanks well for your time Jenny really really appreciate it thank and, you uh, thank you yeah, to... wonder that was that was fascinating I'm intrigued so thank you so much it's wonderful <laughs> yeah I'll be doing couple stuff as well in the in, two, uh, in 2022 so you're you guys are so welcome if you want to join brilliant great loved yeah it. absolutely yeah. Loved it. game ball we, uh, where we would love to be educated just like everyone else so yes, genuinely exactly. I mean that so we'd love to yeah yeah well, you're so great. welcome. I'd absolutely love to have you there. So, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Great. Thanks, Thanks Jenny. Thanks a million, Jenny. Thank you, guys. That was brilliant. Really, really was. I'm I'm so amazed with the journey it went on. I really thought we'd be talking about the nuts and bolts, but it was tied into life and every aspect of life. And so beautiful. Yeah, really. I think the big um, words that I take out of are patience, presence, connection, attention, play and imagination. I know that's loads of words, but they're all and, and they could be applied to anything in life. So I think that's the, the wonderful thing because sex is often seen as this this standalone thing that you do in the bedroom and we're meant to be good at, whereas it's something and I say we as meaning everyone. But I, I, I think it's just that it's a, a part of life and to live an erotic life is just to be turned on. And that doesn't mean sex. It just means like to live a fulfilled life where you're experiencing all of your senses and you're up for life. 
beautiful. Yeah, really enjoyed this. I guess this, this is the first podcast we've done on sex. So if you want us to do more on sex and relationships, we're certainly very curious to dig a little deeper. If you're interested, let us know. If you love this podcast, please share it to your own Instagram stories. We will reshare it and pass on the love. And as yeah. we always say, let us know any guests you think you would like us to have a chat with in the future. And if you do want to support this podcast, just leave a comment on Apple or on Spotify and subscribe and all those various things. And final thing, you also have your 20% off your first wild deodorant purchase on their website, wearewild.com. Genuinely works. We really like it and I actually use it. So use the code HAPPYPAIR at the checkout for 20% off. Cheers. See you next week. Thanks, Emil. Bye, 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 bye,